Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, baseball fans. The game is over. Welcome to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. After the last pitch, you've made the switch for 17 years. It's time to talk about the game and the team with Tim Allen. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? We'll hear the highlights. And that one's hit high and deep to right. Suzuki back. Grown man home run by Rowdy Telez. And the Brewers have the lead. We'll hear from the manager and the players. We'll discuss the topics from the fans to the front office. I like Tim's perspective. History is made each and every year, and we're talking about it. 17 years of coverage after each game. Here's your host, Tim Allen. It is a final from American Family Field, and again, the results are good. The Brewers get the victory here in Game 2 of this three-game set, 5-2 the final, and welcome in, everybody. Once again, the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. There's Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen. Brewers get it done again, and this is what they should do against a team like this. you got to start thinking that way, guys. You really do. And I know there's going to be some stiffer competition coming up. And, you know, I don't think I'm going to make any proclamations of sweeps or anything like that with some of these opponents. But an opponent like this, this is what happens when you have expectations that are lofty. It's okay to expect this baseball team to win baseball games against a team like Pittsburgh. It's okay to do that. I mean, yeah, any given day, I understand that. Over the course of time, though, we've learned to uh, get a little more bold, get a little more confident. Of course, there's things, some things we can pick apart. Three hits for the Brewers tonight. Three hits. That's all we got was three hits. That's it. Is that right, Evan? Just three hits? Just three hits. Well, they made them count for five runs. They've suddenly won seven of ten games. It's a good sign. Number one, it's a good sign. You win seven of ten. But it's, it's especially a good sign when you've won seven of your last ten when the consensus would be they're not playing all that great. You know what I mean? They're not playing horribly. 
but they're just not playing all that great to, to rattle off a clip of 7 of 10. But we'll take it as the Brewers get it done here in Game 2. Uh, Corbin Burns, i got to ask you, is this some of the best pitching you've seen in a Brewers uniform? And, and think about not just the numbers, not just the Cy Young Award that he won. Just think about just the way he goes about his business, the way he approaches every start, the way he uh, has an arsenal of pitches that are just almost unhittable at times. You saw glimpses of that tonight. Now, again, solo shot in the sixth, solo shot in the seventh. Going to happen. Hey, Bob Uecker hit 14 home runs in his career. Sorry, Bob. But, you know, once Against in a while. Against five Hall of Famers, though. Give him credit. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. But once in a while, someone's going to run into one. And, and he gave up four hits through seven in, innings of work. Holy pitch count. Wow, 106 in this one. So I think maybe the six-man uh, rotation is starting to pay off with a little bit of longevity here. But just in terms of the way he goes about his performances, think about this. Think about, you know, CC Sabathia. And, you know, back in the day, we can, we can go all the way back to uh, Mike Caldwell and, and guys like that too if, if you want to think about uh, it in terms of that. Hell, Chris Capuano won 18 games in a Brewers uniform. That was pretty impressive. Uh, but you think about Giovanni you know, Gallardo and, and some of his rock-solid starts, or Ben Sheets, you know, with a, what did he do, strike out 18, 19 in one of, one of his performances? But in uh, this, 04 against the Braves. Yeah. This, to me, Evan, I'm uh, starting to really get nutty about Corbin Burns and just the way he goes about his business. He is the epitome of being precise. He's the epitome of executing every pitch in its own merit. He's not about looking ahead at all. They make the pitch selection. His, his focus appears to me with his precision, being a surgeon like he is, just appears to me that it's just basically I want to execute this pitch. And when he has a, his cutter working like tonight, a great changeup working tonight, had the curveball working tonight, this was sort of no-hit material. It kind of was. And I know he gave up four, scattered a couple of singles up through five innings, and then gave up the solo shot to Vogelback uh, in the sixth, Van Meter in the seventh inning. But think about it in terms of other Brewer pitchers that were really good, were dominating, or ran through their their careers as uh, you know one of the best in the business. I know I don't think a lot of you listening got a chance to uh, watch guys like Jim Slayton pitch. You know, good old number forty-one back in the day. Back in the 70s. I believe he leads the team in, in all-time victories uh, for the Brewers franchise. But even, and, and I remember watching him pitch. Wasn't anything like this. Ain't no way it was like this. In terms of just pure stuff, have you seen and who might be better? Zach Greinke? Was he as good as Corbin Burns right now? I don't know. I mean, both Cy Young Award winners, we know that. And Granke has the longevity for sure, if we're going to compare. But just compare both of them on their best days. 
day like today for Burns. Even though he only went seven, I say only, and gave up four hits and two runs, I thought it was a real special performance from Corbin Burns tonight. Evan, did you see the same thing? Just the precise precision he was putting any no walks, 10 strikeouts. And when you get 10 strikeouts, that's going to work that pitch count up. That's why it's over 100 through only the seven innings. But did you see the same thing? Just amazing pitching out of Burnsy again tonight. Just amazing. I, uh, I don't know if I've seen much better. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. I want to. I want to ask you that. If, uh, compare it to whoever you want. Compare it to, like I said, CC Sabathia, in that run he had in a Brewers uniform. That was pretty special. I mean, those numbers, those numbers don't lie. Those were, those those were amazing numbers. But have you seen anyone better, Evan? I'll start with you. I can't say that I have. I think we've seen some people in Brewers history that have maybe one really good pitch, like Trevor Hoffman with his changeup, Gallardo with his 12-6 curveball, Randy Wolf with that 42-mile-an-hour curveball. Sheets with but, pure power. and yeah, yeah, we've seen, I guess, flashes of it. But nobody has been as good as Corbin has been. I mean, think... If you're a hitter, what do you sit? Because he has a, a cutter and a sinker that go opposite directions at 98 miles an hour. He has a beautiful changeup, yep. a curveball that spikes into the ground, a slider that starts in on a righty's <laughs> hands and ends up outside into the <laughs> left-hander's batter's that box. That could be wipeout. Like, what do you sit on? And it's cool to see Corbin doing this after when he came up. He was decent that one year he was in relief. He had like a 99 fastball. and 2018. He had a couple, like, his changeup was okay, his curveball was good, but he would hang it. But now, I mean, he's put in the work, and it shows. He might be the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, he, You know what? He's up there. He is. And, and you have to look at the performance, and you have to really, you, you have to look at, they talk about stuff, okay? When you talk about stuff, there's, a, there's just the pure, as, as uh, Evan just broke it down, and tonight, certainly, it was, it was the cutter. It was the change in curve. But when you add a couple of more pitches in there, you're right. You don't know what to, to, to focus on as a hitter. But it's the precision and the execution of all those pitches. It's putting it where he wants to put it. And I just have not seen that very much in a Brewers uniform. I haven't. Now, the sample size is what? A year plus? Well, it actually leaning on maybe a month or two. It'll it'll be two full seasons. So because we for, we forget he was pretty decent in twenty too. So, Missed out on being a Cy Young by point one of yeah, an inning. Yeah, we forget about that in the shortened season. But he was outstanding then. We're starting to stack up here a little bit for Burns. Had the had the nice uh, year in eighteen as as we discussed out of the bullpen. And then 19 was, wow, I need to retool. I need to reset in all facets, everything. I think there was some coaching going on. There was some counseling going on. There was an introspective analysis going on. There was just a lot of stuff that he really got through in 19 and then just came back as, as a new, almost a new person, really. But when you talk about stuff, you know, when you watch him pitch, you're seeing some special. You're seeing 
something very special. You just don't see some, you know, a lot of pitchers will just overpower you. And they're just going to say, hey, I know it's a fastball count. You know it's a fastball count. I'm still going to throw a fastball on you. And I'm still going to blow you away with it. Best you're going to do is foul it off or something. Not with Corbin. I I think Corbin wants a little swing and a miss. Although Key Brian Hayes, he did fight him tonight. He really did through through two or three at-bats. He was working the pitch count up. He's a big reason why it went over 100. But... This dude's going to put the ball where he wants in with precision. Is there another Brewer pitcher that he reminds you of, just in terms of the dominating fashion? The poise is there. Certainly the confidence is there. And the low heartbeat is there, too. It's just almost these days like a day at the office. Could you say Josh Hader, potentially? For sure. I mean, that's something as probably as special. I, I would think, yes. I mean, you bookend these two dudes, and they might be the two best, you know, best starter, best reliever, and they're on the same team in, in the entire National League. Maybe. But throw me, a, throw me a pitcher that kind of equates to a, some sort of comparison with the stuff, with the poise, with the confidence, with the results. 799-1250. Brewers get a victory 5-2 final tonight. Let's go to John. John... Fire away, man. What's on your mind? Hey, Timmy. Nice to talk to you tonight. Um, yeah, to answer your question, um, summer, I believe, 87 or 88, uh, around June, July, Teddy Higuera was just there you go. dominant. Uh, I think he had close to 30 innings, maybe more scoreless in a row, uh, a couple of shutouts in there, complete game shutouts. So that's that's my guy, man. Yeah, and, and really at that time, too, it was uh, it was Higuera in the front, it was Plesak in the back, and that was a pretty damn good oh, one-two yeah. punch. But I don't know if that – see, I don't know if that's going to compare to to Burns and, and Hayter, though. I mean, it's it's close, well, I Plesak guess, for the time. was times. dominant. I was he at was. a game where Plesak loaded the bases in the ninth inning and then struck out the next three guys. Yeah, sounds like Devin Williams last week in and, Baltimore. And Higuera started the game. It was a one nothing game. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy and, and Dan Plesak. That That's a great comparison. Oh, boy. Um, who was closing in the Granky year or two here? Axford. Yeah, I'm going to have to look. Yeah, it was Axford. That was pretty dominating, yeah, too, guys. That was. All right, John, thanks for the call. That's a great comparison. We're We're seeing... Even though this this uh, pitching line does not sort of jump off the sheet at you, it's really good. Don't get me wrong. Today's baseball: seven innings of four hit, two run ball, and ten strikeouts. That's that's a that's a pretty good performance. Does it jump off the sheet as a great performance? It does for me because of how he got there. It is. It's not going to surprise two things with Corbin Burns. I will be somewhat surprised if he doesn't have an immaculate inning sometime soon, number one. But number two, ain't going to surprise me. This dude throws a no-hitter. Now, he's already been involved in one, obviously, but on his own because he just is a surgeon out there. It's execution of every pass. I'm way impressed. Can you tell? I mean, the Brewers have one of the best pitchers 
if not the best pitcher in the National League. I think you could make that argument. He's, after all, the Cy Young Award winner, so you have to put him in the conversation. You want to talk Scherzer? You want to talk Bueller? I, I mean, throw out any of these guys. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Nathan in Madison. What's going on, Nathan? You're on the fan. Hey, Tim. First time a uh, long time. I think I just want to say I think uh, Teddy and Plesak's a great comparison. want to give that it guy is. a shout-out. Um, I just want to say as good as Corbin Burns has been, I want to talk a little bit about Vogelbach tonight. I think he got a raw deal. Um, I think the Brewers might have let him go kind of because of his weight. Um, I, I don't think know what maybe they, they they let him go. I think maybe they would have considered it for two reasons. If if uh, if they knew about the DH before they had to make a decision on him, maybe he would have stayed. Number one, but number two, they've already got a guy like that, and he's better. And his name is Rowdy Telez. Both left-handers, both big dudes, both with power. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. I'd be I'd be scared about Rowdy next, so I hope they they lock him up. Yeah, Rowdy, he's my pick to click this year, and so far he's performing. Had a nice two-run shot today. Well, that's why you're the best. I agree. Okay, well, so just real quick, Nathan, on, on Corbin Burns, are you seeing the same thing I am with just the, the greatness? It, because it is great. It really is. And I'm talking about the stuff, all the stuff. And the stuff includes his demeanor on that mound. It's confidence, and it is, it is poise. And and then it's then it's the execution of the stuff. I mean, if you if you talk about one thing, it's the demeanor. I, I think you're I think you're spot on with that. Listen, Corbin, I'm calling for another Cy Young this year. I think he's something special. That's all I have to say. Awesome, Nathan. Thanks for calling, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. You have a good night. All right, take it easy. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. What did his uh, ERA go to? It was like two two coming in, Evan. And, you know, seven innings, two-run ball is I'm probably going to keep it right around the same same it, spot, I would think. It actually went up. Now it's 2.37. Yeah. 237. That's still, I mean, come on. Two th- and now, again, it's been three starts. But look at the performances. Three runs uh, in five innings, seven shutout, seven innings of two-run ball. I think he's just getting going. Now we're seeing... Maybe some residual effects of finishing up a spring training that was shortened and now sort of in in a weird way getting into the season. And hopefully we're going to see that with Woody. Hey, the Brewers starting pitching is is pretty much coming as advertised here the second and, and third time through so far outside of Freddie Peralta. You know, he ne- he needs a really good performance. Uh, we're going to we're gonna take a break here. We'll come back. We'll, we'll get more of your phone calls. Your thoughts on Corbin Burns. Where does he rank with regards to starting pitchers in Brewers uniform uh, history, really, when you look back on it? Sheets, Granky, Sabathia. Do I dare say Kyle Loesch? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, for a year you would be right. A couple of years. He actually was pretty good for a couple of years. Evan, he really was. And I, th- I thought, you know, things fell off the table a little bit uh, uh, on the sharp side. I mean, when it was done, it was done. Jeff Supon, anybody want to raise their hand? I mean, he did pitch pretty great. Yeah, Soup did pitch great. That's that's true. 799-1250. Brewers get the 5-2 victory. Talking about Corbin Burns tonight. Whatever else is on your Brewer mind tonight, Brewers have won seven of their last ten. Still not playing their best baseball. 
That's a good sign. Seven and five. They go after a sweep. A lot to get to still tonight. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game, presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. Well, you get three hits. They're all extra base hits. Definitely helps your slugging percentage, that's for sure. But most importantly, it's a Brewers victory tonight, 5-2 the final, and they will go after a sweep. We talked last night whether it was okay to expect or assume a sweep, and, and I think in, in some regards it was. It was to me after they uh, locked down win number one in this three-game series with Eric Lauer. It, it uh, flipped back over uh, to the front of the rotation with Corbin Burns and Woody, and it's against the Pirates. I mean, you're at home. There's another factor involved, and – I just felt pretty good, and I think the team itself is learning how to be a front runner. I do, and that takes a little time. You're going to have to have a little boldness. You're going to have to have a little little puff, uh, chest puffed out a little bit. You're going to have to be confident, and maybe not necessarily on the cocky side. I, I don't think that uh, is in the, in the makeup of a uh, Craig Council-run team. But confidence, surely, it needs to be there. Because when you look at other teams around the league, some of them have it. And do the Brewers compare in that regard? Also, we're talking about uh, Corbin Burns tonight, live here in the Lakeland University studios, the leader in online education. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. Time for the call of the game. And it is, uh, well, it's one of my guys this year. I I don't know why I've adopted him. Well, I, I I shouldn't say that. I take it back. The reason I picked this dude, I picked him for one reason. And it's Rowdy Telez. And I chose him because, Evan, I was just telling you in the commercial break, why I chose him as my guy this year to have a really good breakout year. It simply was one stat, and it was batting average against lefties. And that's Rowdy Telez. And that's why I chose him. There's just You, you uh, hold your own against lefties, and you're a lefty. You're gonna you're gonna have a great season. You're gonna have a nice nice run, and and that's what he's doing so far this year. He really is, guys. He's, he's having a nice start, and he's earning more and more playing time. Got a, a start or two against left-handers already under his belt this season. And I uh, later on in the show, I have a I'm a little nervous about one of my other favorite players, and we'll get into that in just a bit. But the call of the game on Bally Sports Wisconsin, it's Rowdy Telez giving the Brewers the lead. 2-0 to Les, to right, 2-0 Brewers, a missile by Rowdy Telez. Yeah, there it is on Valley Sports, Wisconsin, 2-zip. Uh, they would go on to add a two-run double by Colton Wong. And uh, then, of course, uh, Hunter Renfro. It was good to see that bomb later on in the game as well. Call of the game once again is uh, brought to you by 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network, now featuring home grill kits to go. 
Visit them at 5oClockSteakhouse.com, 414-799-1250. And looking at the, the starting pitchers for the Brewers all time, you have, you know, again, if you, if you look at it in terms of wins, wins, yeah, maybe uh, a lot of folks believe that's an overrated stat. But it, but it also tells you that there's some longevity there if you're at the top of the leaderboard and wins. I, I mentioned Jim Slayton, but there is uh, Mike Caldwell in there. And now, again, little different makeup for a guy like Mike Caldwell, a dude that would just grind and just bulldog you and just he'd go up and in under your buzz the tower, have no problem doing it. Reggie Jackson threw a bat at him. He'd pick the bat up and broke it on the ground. I mean, that type of guy is Mike Caldwell. Third is Teddy Higuera. Then you have sort of this guys that were had good runs, for sure. Giovanni Gallardo, Ben Sheets. Two of the best in franchise history. Make no mistake about it. Do they compare to a Corbin Burns? Drops down to guys like Bill Wegman. Hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't be in the conversation as one of the best all-time pitchers in a Brewers uniform. I mean, this is this is how how bad it. I shouldn't say bad because I, I love this franchise, but sixteenth in franchise history in wins. Think about that. There's only fifteen more pitchers that have won more games in a Brewers uniform than Willie Peralta. It shows you what kind of corner is being turned by this organization with regards to pitching. You know it. I don't know if it's the old adage, you, you win on pitching and defense. Is that still alive and well? I think to a degree. I think so. Seven innings, a two-run ball. You're going to win most of those games, even if you only get three hits, which is what the Brewers had uh, in tonight's 5-2 victory. 799-1250 to Jersey and Big Ron. What's up, dude? Hey, first time calling in this year, Tim. Glad to be glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Um, so you know, Yelly had a little bit of a down day, but he did hit the ball hard um, at least once. Yeah, opposite uh, field too. Yeah, yeah, opposite left, right. Yep. And um, so he still, you know, and I think they put up a graphic on uh, TV that some kind of hard hit rate advanced stat or something that he's right up there among the league leaders. So, you know, I think if he can just get that, um, uh, trajectory up a little bit and, you know, not mm-hmm. hit the ball into the dirt as much, you know, I think, you know, he can turn things around from the last two years. I, I called into Bart show this morning and I was talking about how going into today's game, Yelly led the club in walks, RPI, total bases, on-base percentage, OPS, war. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just only a few categories um, that runs. wasn't leading the, the offense in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just think that if he can just get back to old, you know, Miami Marlins, Christian Yelich, we're going to breeze, we're going to win – far more than 95 games than we did last year. You know, it's weird. I mean, we've been, you know, I mean, it's, it's basically a very similar team that we had last year and we won 95 last year and, and we gave up, you know, a few games before the season ended. Yep. So, I mean, when you look at what, when, when Christian Yelich is going and when he's not going, does he have that much impact on the rest of that offensive lineup? 
it's it's a question that I don't know if there's there's a proper answer to, but I think it I think it's fair to ask it. In other words, if you're Hunter Renfro, why do I care what Christian Yelich is doing? I, I'm my own guy. I'm in, I'm in the box myself. I you know this this is me and that pitcher and that's that. But you know what? He does impact. In my opinion, I could see how you could say it's the individuals, but in my opinion, he does impact the rest of the team. It seems as he's starting to hit the ball a little bit better that the rest of the team is maybe following suit. I mean, we're looking at back-to-back six-run performances uh, Sunday and Monday, and now a five-run performance, even though the hit column doesn't scream that they're scorching the ball all over the field. It still is six, six, and five in three consecutive games. Maybe Yelich is part of that, having that impact and effect on the guys around him. I think so. Well, you're a big lineup guy, Tim, and, you know, he's been in either the two or the three hole, you know, since he came to the Brewers. And, um, you know, he just killed so many rallies sitting in those prime positions the last two no years. Doubt. No and, doubt. And no doubt. And so, you know, you can totally turn that around, you know. He can turn that around if he can just, you know, just keep building on the momentum he's got going early this season. And, um, mm. You know, instead of killing innings, you know, electrifying them. No, it, it definitely has a ripple effect, and it just, you know, um, it does affect the rest of the lineup. To answer well, and question. it affects, and, and the rest of these guys, if they can continue, and I said this a, a week or so ago, you got to start flipping the lineup. However that's happening, it's on-base percentage. You have to start turning this lineup over. You saw it tonight. Lorenzo Cain, okay, was given a gift. He reaches on air. Caratini works the walk. Wong with a two-run double. That's what I mean about flipping that lineup. You need extra A-Bs out of the one through five guys. you got to have extra A-Bs. That's where your best hitters are. But in order for that to pay off, I mean, you're going to have to start flipping this lineup. You're seeing maybe a residual effect of a little little more pep in the step of Christian Yelich. You just might be. It's 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 something that does have an impact. Big yeah, big Ron. Th- co- comparing Burns to you know the best pitchers yeah. in Brewers history, I think he's right up there with CC Sabathia's half season that he had, and um, and you know also going all the way back to like Raleigh Fingers. I mean, I think he's just that dominant. He is he is something else right now. It's amazing. All right, Ron. Thanks thanks for the call. We'll talk again. You know, Sheets had that that curveball that was just so, and and he had a power fastball too. But that curveball for Sheets, I mean, it blew his elbow. I, that's that that curveball cost him a longer career. I'm convinced of that. Oh, you're 100 percent correct yeah, in that. Yeah, but it was really pretty. <laughs> it was dynamite. It was something special. Seven nine nine twelve fifty is Corbin Burns. After you see what he does in in performances like this. And again, you have to look inside just the line score, just the pitching line. You have to you have to look a little bit deeper than just seven innings, four hits, two runs, no walks, and ten strikeouts. It's everything. It's the package. And what I'm so impressed with, you know, maybe there's something about Burns that impresses you guys more. I'm impressed with the precision based I want to execute this pitch exactly the way I want to throw it exactly where I want to put it, that's on my mind right now. And it's, it's, something, it's something special. It is. And I've been around Brewers baseball, guys. I can cerebrally 
tell you that I've followed Brewers baseball cerebrally, meaning, you know, I've really followed it, understood it since 1975. So five years into this franchise existence is when I sort of kind of got it and then stayed with it throughout. Trust me, throughout. There was never a break. There was never a five-year period. When I was going to college, there was never, "Ah, I got to put the Brewers on the back burner. None of that occurred. There aren't many, if, if maybe a couple, that perform like Corbin Burns does at this point in time. Uh, 799-1250, Montag in Madison. You're next on the fan. What's going on, Montag? Hey, Jim. How are you? So uh, I just kind of wanted <laughs> to talk about um, two other comparisons that I want to make. I want to touch back on Rowdy for a little. So it's kind of a cross-state comparison. I think Rowdy is really our version. I guess uh, the Green Bay Packers have a version of Rowdy. His name is Tyler Lancaster. Rowdy's picking okay. balls up first. He's picking up a lineman and throwing them. And then we got a guy like McCutcheon, too. He kind of reminds me of someone like Rasul Douglas or uh, Kevin King, like Roman out there in the outfield. They're Roman out there in the secondary playing amazing defense. So just wanted to see what you had to say about that. I like it. I like the comparison. Hey, that That's right up my alley is to compare the, the two sports. Oh, I, I mean, know. I, I mean, I remember doing doing shows like – if Ricky Weeks played football, what position would he be? And I think that's that night's show we came up with tailback. Just give him the ball and let him loose. Just turn, oh, I love just that. Turn, just turn him loose. He'd, <laughs> he'd be loose. the Aaron Jones. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like a Jerome Bettis type. Yeah, yeah more of a bulk spot, to him. You know? Yeah, And I feel like if there's a way we can get Vogelbach back this year, then we'll have Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster on the squad, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, I know Vogelback, Montag, thanks for the call, man. I know Vogelback was a favorite here, and I, I totally get that. Good dude, good clubhouse guy, pretty decent baseball player, too, for sure. But there wasn't just the spot for him. I mean, they're just, they all, they've already got the thumping. Uh, left handed bat at first base, and that's what Vogelback was. Now, you could say, that well, the DH, we could do DH. But before, I think the way that shook out was before the DH was a done deal, they had to put up uh, the uh, the deal for Vogelback, and they just couldn't take that chance if they knew the DH was coming. Uh, and if, if and and if it didn't, now they're stuck with two two uh, left-handed hitting first basemen. Now that being said, I told you I'm a little nervous. I need to check the rule here. Uh, Evan, uh, rosters, what's the date today? Uh, 19th? So we're looking at another 10 days or so where the roster's got to uh, constrict back to 26. They're at 28 right now. i got to check the rule if it has to be if two, two pitchers need to be eliminated. And was the expanded roster only, it could only be two pitchers? And do you have to remove two pitchers? Because I think this organization, as of right now, they really like Brasso and Jace Peterson. With Luis Arias coming back and two less on the roster, who's the odd men or man out? You want to venture a guess why I'm a little nervous? Don't say it. Don't say it. No, I don't want to say it. I really would prefer not to say it, but... I am a little nervous for Keston here. 
Because I think if that does occur and he's sent back to AAA, you're going to see Hunter Renfro play a little bit more first base. And that's not such a horrible thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that's that's necessarily a bad thing. But I do think on the infield as your depth, and they can play a little outfield as well, Jason and Brasso, I do think they like their versatility. And I know they're not tearing it up in terms of numbers. They, they really like those guys, and we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll take care of itself. I'm not saying anyone's going to get hurt or anything, but sometimes those types of you know, forecasts tend not to come to fruition because, oh, yeah, well, now we don't have to make that decision. That's easy for us now because of you know, any number of things that could happen. Let's Real quick, qu- Tim. Go um, ahead. The rule is it looks like <clears throat> after May 1st you can't keep more than 13 pitchers on your roster. So that's basically how it breaks down. You could have had, I think, up to 15 uh, before with that 28-man roster, but now you can only keep 13. Yeah, and I wonder if a position player goes out. And if that's the case, it's, I mean, who else would it be if you had to pull a position player out for Urias? It depends. I mean, Jace has been kind of struggling a little bit. Like, we haven't seen him. But it's he has that versatility. And he's just on base, Jace. They're in love with him. Man, they are. You saw what he did for a long stretch of time last year. He is going to be valuable. And maybe that's a guy that, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, maybe that's a guy that they they send send back and forth, but I don't think so. Uh, I, I think we all kind of... We all kind of know what's what's going on. All right, let's. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention this. Are we gonna? Yeah, we're gonna probably have to take another break here, um, unless you want. Yeah, we're gonna have. Okay, so we're gonna have to take a break. I do want to mention this. The uh, power rankings did come out in baseball uh, after one week of play, and really, the way the Brewers have been playing, I didn't expect to see this out of this power ranking, according to ESPN. Uh, let's see. Number one, Dodgers. I don't know if they'll ever be supplanted from from uh, first. Mets are at two. The reason I like the power ranking in this is because it's based on how the team is going now. And it's real recent bias, if you will. So the Mets are at number two. Blue Jays at three. Chicago White Sox at four. Then the Giants, Braves, Astros, Yankees, Tampa Rays. Then the Brewers come in at 10. That surprised me. So really not dropping down much, if at all. Not really. Not at all. And, and here's what they say. They just give a little, a, a little blip on, uh, on each team, and I'm not going to bore you with you know Tampa Rays and what they say, but they, what they say about the Brewers uh, is uh, good opportunity back up some wins in the next few weeks against Pirates and Reds. Cardinals, by the way, right behind them in the power ranking at 11. So even above the Cardinals, that's uh, that's pretty good. I didn't expect that. All right, 799-1250 if you guys want to jump in here. Got Craig Council on the way. Corbin Burns, outstanding today. The stuff. You want to talk about stuff? Take a look at this. This is the definition when Craig Council and these guys say, man, he had good stuff tonight. This was how that was defined in Corbin Burns' performance tonight. Council on the way and a lot more to get to. 
as we're rolling on here. Brewers 5-2 victory. They go after a sweep tomorrow. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek right here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM The Fan. 5-2, Brewers get the victory. They go after a sweep tomorrow. We'll get to counts in just a second here. Got a lot to get to yet. You guys on hold, we'll get right to you. I do want to say uh, this has been 11 consecutive days, 11 consecutive shows for me, and I just I need to drop this in here. Uh, not feeling the greatest throughout throughout all of this. Uh, some health stuff going on, but um, very therapeutic to, to talk Brewers baseball with you guys. I can tell you that. Uh, it just disappears. I just feel okay when I'm on the air. And then before and after, it's like, yay, I've uh, been better. But uh, we'll get to you guys. We'll get to council. We'll get to a couple of highlights, too, and they're worth playing because uh, all three hits, they uh, did the damage tonight for the Brewers. And the pitching, the pitching, the pitching, wow, burns, amazing tonight. Even though the, the line score doesn't jump out at you, it's just you had to kind of watch this game, whether you were at American Family Field, by the way, 22,000-plus. I'm good with that. Um, whether, you know, you, you had to sort of watch them on TV or be at the game to really fully grasp how special of a pitcher this dude is and where he ranks in, in Brewers history is right up there toward the top in terms of just pure stuff, demeanor, poise, everything that goes along with being a – a great pitcher in Major League Baseball these days. And then you had Devin Williams and Josh Hader just doing their thing. This is it, it, exactly how this organization, the way it's made up, is, is uh, going to win baseball games just like this. They're going to hit for power. They will. Hang in there. They will. But they're going to get good defense, and they're going to have great pitching. And this is just uh, – this is just – Rubber stamp this for a lot of wins this year. Just like this. Seven innings out of your starter. Devin, Josh, slam the door. Brewers victory. All good from there. Uh, let's see. Evan, you wanted to uh, make mention, what, what have you observed from Corbin Burns here? And then we'll get to some calls here. Well, first, the way that you introduced his line score today, it's kind of like how we introduced Giannis's. Like, yeah, he put up another 30 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 blocks, 3 steals. It's kind of whatever. He went 7 innings, 4 hits, 10 strikeouts, only 2 runs. That is, I mean, if you spread that out across an entire season, that's pretty much Cy Young worthy. That's like a 2.8 ERA that's incredible, and I think the way that we just kind of are used to seeing those gaudy numbers from him, that's something to be excited about. But also, the thing that I notice about him is he throws a ton of strikes. He doesn't walk batters, Mm. but he gets a ton of strikeouts. Like, a guy like Adrian Hauser, he pitches to contact a lot. He uses his sinker to get ground balls, weak contact. That's his game. He's not going to be the guy who strikes out 12 in a game, but he also limits the walks in doing that. You know, Zach Davies was another guy like that, kind of pitching the contact, not going to get a lot of strikeouts, but they're, mm-hmm. when they're on, they're not going to walk guys. Not very often do you see a pitcher who 
throws strikes the way that Corbin does and racks up the strikeout numbers like he does. That just shows you how every single one of his pitches is incredible, and the hitters don't know what to do. They know that it's going to be in the strike zone. They couldn't tell you where it's going to be or what pitch it's going to be, and I think that right, is right. what is the most impressive about Corbin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he got a three-ball count until like the fourth inning. I mean, that, that, that's a little tidbit of information that you have to really kind of pay attention to. As a strikeout pitcher, your pitch count is going to, generally speaking, be a little bit higher than normal than a pitch to contact. But you don't throw a three-ball count to anybody until the fourth inning. You know something, something's going well. All right, 799-1250. Dale, you're next on the fan. What's going on, Dale? Hi. Thanks for letting me talk with you today, Tim. Um, sure thing. Uh, you were talking about the reduction in the in the roster on May 1st. I was just thinking about that yesterday, and I looked at the Brewers' roster. They currently have 15 pitchers and 13 position players, and Major League Baseball will only, going forward, allow 13 pitchers on the roster. Okay, so two come out, yes, and then Urias gets to- activated, then what? So, so they'll have to drop two pitchers. Um, so for now, all the position players would be safe. But then Urias will yes. come off the DL after his rehab, and then they have to decide on another move. Will it be a position player, or would they go down to 12 pitchers? Which I, I don't, don't think they'll do. I, I agree they, with you. I don't think of, they will. Yeah, they have a lot of decisions to make, and it could go different ways. I mean, they could decide on, on Brasso, uh might be uh, someone to drop to, um, because then Urias is back. That's another infielder, and they need at least two, um, uh, you know, two infielders there. So uh, um, there's a lot of decisions, and I don't know what they will do. Uh, who would you drop as a pitcher, and then do you lose someone? Have to place them on waivers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they they decide. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at who has options. Uh, obvious, the, the obvious guys are staying, but a guy like Urania, I'd have to go back and look at the way that contract is set up. Right. Um, you know, Milner, is he a guy that's going to bounce back and forth? Uh, it's possible, but he's off to such a good start. Do you, do you want to mm-hmm. do that? Um, it's not going to be, you know, again, uh, the, the Jake Cousins and Boxberger, Suter, obviously Williams and Hayter. So they do have two pitchers to come out of there. I doubt it would be an Ashby also. He's your sixth man in the rotation when you want to give the, the guys a six-man rotation breather. And I don't think they stick with the six-man rotation all season. I think that's going to be uh, bounceable back and forth. So... I'll have right. to go back and see who's got the options because that does play a part here. Trevor Gott does not have any options. So, I mean, right. a guy like that, they're going to have to retain. Right. I, think I would agree with that. And he's pitched so well, too. It, it's, it'll be tough decisions. But those options will, will be important. They, they, they are. All right, Dale, good, good stuff. Thank, thanks for the call. I'm, Marshall. I'm, Sorry, real quick, Tim. I'm looking at the players with options, and the only two that make sense to me outside of Keston are Hobie Milner and Hondel Gustave, even though both of them are pitching relatively pitching well. well. Yep. But you look yep. at the other guys, like uh, like you mentioned, Gott doesn't have options. Hauser, they're not sending him down. Tyrone Taylor, they're not sending him down. Lauer, is, is, Lauer is has stuck. an option left. He's not going anywhere. Yep. Uh, someone 
like a Willie Adamas or Brandon Woodruff. They have options left, but there's not a chance they're using them. So it comes down to pretty much Keston, Hondell, and Hobie. Yeah, and I think it might be Milner. We'll, We'll see. Uh, or Gustave and Reina. I mean, Milner I, again, hasn't even given up a run yet no. in five appearances. Contractually on the Urania, that is the interesting part because I want to say I ran across that they did sign some sort of minor league um, dollar amount to him as well. I thought I had read that, but we'll, we'll check it out. Marshall, you're next on the fan. What's going on, Marshall? Well, uh, good evening, uh, guys. Uh, great conversation going here on on the Brewers roster and pitching, and um, you know, I just think it's all I'll say right now is that's for for people obviously above our pay grades to make these decisions, and um, we'll just say that it's a pleasant problem. And as you guys have said, it's just a tribute to the way this organization has run, been run since particularly one Mark Adonacio took it over in the mid Yes, yep. it's it's it, it's just tremendous, and we're borderline getting a little spoiled here. I think we have to kind of remind ourselves of that right now. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit. Great maximizing of our hits tonight. Telez is going to have a super year. I just feel it right now, guys. Me too. But, I wanted to talk a little bit about the pitchers. You know, the, what got me to call you tonight was the pitching, and thank you for having me on as well. Um, I go back uh, to back to the old County Stadium days. I know Evan, you were probably very young at this time, but um, one Jeff D'Amico, Jeffrey D'Amico, who mm-hmm. unfortunately had had a career shortened by some arm trouble there, and uh, just unfortunate, but it's happened to. A lot of pitchers, uh, even to Ben Sheets, as you guys mentioned earlier, a great career and all. It it was cut short a bit. But I saw the closest thing to a no-hitter in person that I saw was Jeff D'Amico back in the year 2000 against the Cubs in the Old County Stadium, literally the second to last year before. And I was at the second to last game, guys, before the end. I unfortunately couldn't make the last one. But uh Threw a two-hitter that night. Brewers won 2 nothing. Just an incredible pitching performance. The way he was throwing that fastball, the way he was throwing the, the, the curve and the changeup, it was just, that ball was, I like to say, dancing like old Freddie Astaire. And unfortunately, Verlander did it to us back in 07, guys, um, mm-hmm. as well. I, I could feel it that night, unfortunately, for the Brewers. But the way that D'Amico pitched was incredible. And I I just wish the guy had a longer career, and eventually the Brewers, as you know, Tim, had to get rid of him, had to let him go. But um, in a tough time, in a tough era, that was one night I'll never forget, and one night I was privileged to have, to have seen. And um, just as I say, just wish he had a longer career. But it was it it, it was just in that time frame, fun, and we beat the Cubs as well that night. That's a bonus. And, um, he had a he had a good career for as long as he could pitch. No doubt, and and I will say this: that was back in that era, Marshall. Thanks for the call, thanks. man. Always always a pleasure. That was back in that era where, boy, the Brewers just couldn't grab any pitching. It just got really snake bitten on some higher draft choices, the Nick Nuga Bowers and. Uh, there was a, a kid by the name of Jones. I, I can't recall his first name, but 
and D'Amico was one of them. Steve Woodard was another one that just, it just, you know, the, 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 the hopes were there and, and it just never panned out. And that's, that's the thing with, you know, prospects, uh, as, as the old saying goes, they're prospects for a reason. Uh, there are no guarantees, that's for sure. Uh, let's uh, get you a couple of highlights here because it's, it's worth it here. Brewers uh, take care of the Buckos in game two here, this three-game set. Second inning, no score in the game. Uh, leadoff walk to Andrew McCutcheon. And how about the aforementioned Rowdy Telez? 2-0. Telez to right. Two. Later on in that second inning, Lorenzo Kane would reach on error uh, with two outs. Victor Caratini worked a walk, and that was critical because it allowed the lineup to flip over, flip right back to the top, and it flipped back to Colton Wong. Down the right field line and fair. Lorenzo Kane comes in to score. Caratini is going to be waved around third. Here comes the throw. Two-run double on a broken bat from Colton Wong. It's all about making contact with Colton Wong. Doing yeah, and it's about getting the ball in play and making contact. Rock is right there on, on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Fast forward as Burns is doing his thing. Four zip throughout the mid-portion of the game. Vogelback would hit a solo shot in the sixth. Uh, Van Meter would hit a solo shot in the seventh. So it's 4-2. You still have Williams back there, Box. You've got Hader back there. You're not in bad shape, but you want a little bit of cushion, don't you? And uh, really, you got to feel good about this dude right here getting one of those runs back in the bottom of the seventh inning. It's Hunter Renfro. Second inning for Contreras. He went one, two, three in the sixth. And Renfro unloads. Deep left, his first is a brewer. Man, there, there it is on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Made it 5-2. Williams, Hayter, door slammed, and a Brewers victory 5-2 final. Now let's get to Craig Council. He's got to be pretty pleased with Burns, the offense, and the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I thought this. I thought he was just crisp the whole night. Um, I thought he was crisp in the seventh inning. Um, and, you know, there's little things you look for, and he, I thought he was st- still doing them really well. Um you know, this this was his best start of the year, I thought. I know he didn't give him a run last start, but I thought he thought he was really on with his stuff tonight. Okay, for the three pitchers, can you remember the last time that the ball didn't leave the infield? Um, I, I yeah, I didn't, I did not, I didn't realize that. But um, yeah, that's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Well, Willie had a great night on defense. I mean, he played, he made some really nice plays, and. Um, Tough plays, a couple of really tough plays. It's kind of indicative. And Colton's last play, yeah, yeah. Kind of indicative of, you know, the, those three pitchers as a whole. They're racking up a lot of strikeouts. And then when Corbin's on, kind of, you know, they were pounding those cutters into the ground. Yeah. No, they were good. I mean, it's it's not necessarily Josh and Devin's MO, but they they I thought Devin was pounded the strike zone with, with his heater tonight. And, um, what was really good with his heater um and that was that was a good sign um so yeah i mean they didn't not many balls squared up tonight you only got three hits but you're getting the home runs now that were missing earlier just how do you 
feel about just where your offense is? Yeah, well, if we hit home runs, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, no matter what, you know, if you hit some home runs. Um, but, uh, we, we, you know, we got some, you know, you get a ball to hit, and we did some damage with the balls we got to hit. They, they, they pitched well. The last kid pitched really well. Um, that, that, that's, those, those were tough at-bats against Contreras. I mean, he's throwing really hard and throwing his breaking ball for strikes. Um, he, he, he was impressive. And, uh, you know, Brubaker came back after a tough inning and, and, you know, was on the corners with his stuff tonight. So we took it, we hit, we hit our mistakes um, good tonight, um, did damage with them and got a break on Colton's ball, obviously, got jammed, but um, that, that was a big, big spot there too. So it's, it's one of those nights where you got to take it where you get it. What do you think about the way Rowdy's swinging? It just seems like he's been a kind of a consistent guy for you. Yeah, I mean, I th- Rowdy's he's kind of doing what we're hoping he would do for sure. Um, you know, there, there's there's just so much power in there that he's going to get some mistakes, and he's just got to be um, just kind of just grind out at bats and, and wait for those mistakes because he's he's going to get them, and he's when he gets them, he's going to hit them far. I'm with Renfro, was it just feel like a matter of time coming with some of those near misses? Yeah, I mean, I think he swung the bat decent on the homestand and um you know he just he got a breaking ball tonight and against like that that like i have to say it again the guy was that guy was good and Contreras was good and but he got a breaking ball up tonight so good good to be on the board for him Devin kind of looked like the Devin that we've come to expect very efficient very very quick up there tonight yeah i mean they they like i said he was good with his fastball tonight um and he was in the zone with it so so that's that's going to get swings when they're behind in the count it's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. It's time to dive inside the box score for today's game on 1250 AM The Fan. Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Great food, awesome fish fries, plenty of TVs to watch the games, and always a friendly vibe. All right, Brewers get the 5-2 victory tonight to take game two of this three-game set, and they will uh, go back at it tomorrow going after a sweep. Let's check out the numbers. Colton Wong leading off for the crew, goes one for four with two big RBIs. Willie Adamas, ouch, 0 for four with three strikeouts. Christian Yelich goes 0 for four with two strikeouts. Andrew McCutcheon. 0 for 2 with a walk and a run scored. Rowdy Telez, 1 for 3, made it count with a two-run homer. Renfro, 1 for 3 with a run scored and an RBI on his solo home run. Jace Peterson, 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Ouch. Lorenzo Kane, 0 for 3 with a run scored. Victor Caratini goes 0 for 2 with a walk, and he scored a run on Colton Wong's double. Pitching lines tonight, Burns outstanding, seven innings of four-hit, two-run ball. No walks and ten strikeouts, 106 pitches on the night. Devin Williams in about three and a half minutes, zeros across the board with a strikeout. And Josh Hader, three up, three down with one strikeout. Brewers get five runs tonight on just three hits without an error. Pirates two runs on only four hits with one error. The win goes to Corbin Burns, his first decision on the season, 1-0. The loss to Brubaker, the save to Hater, number 5. He's 5-for-5 five five in save chances, 22,000-plus at American Family Field. 
to uh, enjoy this one, a 5-2 victory. Brewers now 7-5 and five here in the 22 championship season. What do you have, Evan? This from Adam McAlvey. How nasty were Burns, Williams, and Hayter tonight? This was the ninth time in Brewers history that no outfielder recorded a putout, according to our MLB.com research crew. I didn't even notice that. Three of those games are since the start of last season. So that just shows you we are in maybe the golden era of Brewers pitching. I think so, without without a doubt. Let me squeeze in Ryan here. He was at the ball game tonight. Ryan, you're on the fan. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was a quick game tonight. (laughs) It was nice. Two hours, 30 minutes. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, the you know not often you're going to win a game when you get out hit by the other team. And I think uh, Craig Council put it perfectly in his uh, post game press conference, giving credit to Adamas and Wong because they had some um, big defensive plays there late in the game. You bet but, they um, did. Hey, yep. good to be back at the ballpark this year. Yeah, it really is. And and without you know again. That's a great point, and, and I do think it's worth uh, making mention. Uh, Ryan, thanks for the call, and thanks for bringing that up. It's been a long time since things have, quote, been sort of normal at the ballpark, right? I mean, th- think about that. You know, I think back um, <clears throat> in, in having this run here of uh, normalcy, if you will, with regards to doing the show and Brewers baseball, I just it, – it just – it's – just brings me right back to Arizona in March of 2020 when this whole thing started and everything got shut down. I'm just talking about baseball, not, not really anything else. And, and I thought, well, yeah, we'll get back to normal. There'll be a little delay. And, you know, we nobody knew anything at that time about a, a lot of this stuff. So it, it gets shut down. We get sent home camp gets, you know, uh, wiped out and all that, and <clears throat> never knowing the entire time that we really wouldn't be back to baseball normal, baseball normalcy, if you will, until April of 2022. I mean, think about that, that, that time frame. So you have the 60-game schedule, and it really was soured not just by the, uh, again, Make no mistake, just understand, I'm talking about baseball, not about the life stuff with COVID. Um, You get the 60 game, but it was soiled because of such barbaric communication between the league and and the players. You remember that? How they were just fighting over that. It was like the pre-fight of the uh, uh, new CBA. I think they all took it out on each other because they knew the CBA was coming up after last year. So 60 game... You get this this weird expanded playoff thing, and then you say, okay, next year it'll be back to normal. No, it wasn't because you weren't at full capacity for the fans, and that took something away from the game of baseball. And so it really didn't get back to normal till late in the season, right, where it went from 25, I think, to 35%, and other, you know, other, other markets were a little bit different. And then all of a sudden this we get a lockout, and then they, they, they stall a couple of series here. By the way, we got to mention the schedule here. Evan, don't forget, after the break here, we got to mention the schedule. What a screw job for the Brewers, I will tell you that. Um, but, you know, even, even now, you get two series wiped out because of the lockout. Now, after 11, 12 consecutive games here, we're finally seeing some sort of baseball settling in, aren't we? Or am I, am I wishful thinking here, Evan? 
I think you're right. I think it couldn't have gotten off to a more chaotic start with the months of bickering between the owners and the players coming together with an agreement pretty much at midnight of when it needed to happen. And they were this close to canceling more games, more series. They did. They canceled two weeks, and then they went back and were like, yeah, yeah, we were were just kidding about that. But (laughs) even then, three weeks of spring training, you could tell pretty much from game one or two that the players weren't necessarily ready. The pitchers didn't look sharp. The hitters, it didn't seem like they were up to game speed yet. It just seemed like everybody was kind of still... I don't want to say in shock, but just they weren't ready. And I think now that we're a dozen games in almost and starting to get the hang of it, we're half a month in, it's starting to look, yeah, it's starting to look a lot more like regular baseball. Really is. And just in terms of the fans and the stands, just in terms of uh, us settling into sort of this baseball routine, and I think what, what really makes it even a little spicier here is that the the team right down the street, the Milwaukee Bucks, are headed into their run again here in the postseason. So we're we're getting just this this sort of baseball. I know I'm feeling a little bit like it's uh we're we're back into our own digs here on a regular basis and I hope our audience is as well. Whether you're listening on the Odyssey app or listening after each game or whatever, laying in bed shutting things down, uh Certainly, we're all starting to kind of get get back to this. Let's talk some Brewers baseball and escape a little bit from your job and from your your life and all that stuff. So that's that's kind of what uh, you guys provide for me. I can tell you that, and hopefully we uh, reciprocate uh, with that as well. Okay, we'll take a break. I mentioned the schedule here. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the schedule, ah, and it's just, I guess, residuals of the lockout. You can't. You couldn't come up with a better way than this. I'll tell you about that next. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South Twenty Seventh Street in Oak Creek. Brewers win tonight, five two. We'll be right back here on the Fan. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South Twenty Seventh Street in Oak Creek on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Time to head into the clubhouse and hear from the pros. Welcome back. Uh, final couple of minutes here of the show tonight as the Brewers get the 5-2 victory. And uh, I wanted to make mention, we're going to hear from Corbin Burns here in just a second. But I, I wanted to make mention uh, of the schedule, just so we're all aware of the schedule. Uh, the Brewers with a, uh, an afternoon affair tomorrow, 1240 first pitch. And uh, hopefully, Woody on the mound, hopefully uh, the Brewers get the win and, and sweep the Pirates. I expected it after, as you guys know, after Monday's, uh, last night's victory, I just said, no, I, I want to sweep. I'm going to assume the sweep. And, and they got leg number one done. With tonight's win and then tomorrow just just stick a fork in them and and be done with it and enjoy the off day uh so after that the brewers have an off day this thursday and a much kind of much needed off day they've been going every day since the rain out remember game two but um uh, they then go to philadelphia and here's where it gets interesting it's a 605 start uh, our time then it's a 305 on Friday, 305 on Saturday. 
So you get kind of that mid-afternoon thing. And then on Sunday is Sunday night baseball. Now, this is, uh, this, this is significant because wouldn't you know it, Sunday night baseball happens on the eve of a makeup day on Monday. On some of your schedules, it might be uh, an off day posted there. That's not the case. They're going to fly back Sunday, late Sunday night after Sunday night baseball, and they're going to play a, well, what in theory is a one-game set against the Giants. A 5-10 first pitch, Milwaukee time, on Monday. Then they're going to turn around after that game and fly back to the state of Pennsylvania for a three-game set against the Pirates. So again, a weekend set against the Philadelphia Phillies, including Sunday night baseball, fly into Milwaukee for one game, and then fly right back to Pittsburgh for a three-game set. You couldn't figure out a better way Look at the Giants situation. They're on a road trip right now. They're going to come from D.C. over the weekend into Milwaukee for that one game and then go, oh, gee, look at that. Right on our way home, we're going to flip into Milwaukee, play one game, and then get out of there and go home. Dad, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the most brilliant uh, schedule maker in the world, but I, I can promise you I'd find a better way to make up those three games against the Giants. The other two of that set, are going to be made up as part of a doubleheader on an off day. Nine-inning doubleheaders, by the way. None of the seven-inning stuff. That just, you, that's, you know, it won't, won't surprise me due to the nature of the travel that there might be a little bump in the road here in the play for the Brewers. It, it wouldn't surprise me, and that would, it would be understandable for sure. But that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, you're already in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you got to go back. I mean, come on. All right, now let's hear from Corbin Burns. Had to make mention of that. Now your schedule is set all weekend long, including tickets available uh, for Monday's game, too. A 5-10 first pitch. That's an earlier night for you and us uh, We as we talk about Brewers baseball. Burns tonight, seven innings, four hits, a couple of runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Here's what he had to say after the ball game. It was good. Everything was still good. Um, actually, Council asked me that right after I was done, just to kind of see how, how the body felt, how everything was um, there at the end, just to kind of get a gauge of where we're at. And everything was good. Um, you know, we were still able to throw good, those, those good backdoor cutters, um, good curveballs there at the end. So everything everything felt good. Um, you know, just two bad pitches. That's it. How encouraging is? I'm sorry. Just just to follow up on that. How encouraging is it to kind of feel like after the short spring, the couple of controlled starts, do you feel like now the shackles are, are off and you can just go? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really felt that, um, you know, since the beginning. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm if I'm rolling and I'm out there going, um, yeah, I think he's going to let me go. So, um, but yeah, it was for, for the most part, it was it was pretty good tonight. Corbin, did you feel like this was the most you were able to mix kind of all your stuff? Did we saw more changeups maybe tonight than what we had seen in the first two, or was it still pretty curveball heavy? Yeah, actually, we 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 mixed a little bit more early on. Um, and then at the end there, with all, with all those lefties, um, you know, we found that they weren't really recognizing the backdoor cutter, so we just started hammering backdoor cutters. Um, so we actually started mixing less, less in the outing, um, or the deeper we got in the outing, um, you know, more cutters, a couple curveballs, a couple changeups. But yeah, we, we were able to mix kind of early on, keep them off balance, and then we just kind of went to what we did best and, and just, you know, hammering cutters backdoor. The, the command, you've been working on that. Was it even better than what you showed in the Baltimore outing? Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot better um, today. You know, the cutter, for the most part, was, was where we wanted to be all night. Um, maybe a couple that got away, but um, yeah, for the most part, this is where we want the cutter to be. 
Yeah, that, there is some confidence right there in that man. Yeah, we, they weren't recognizing the cut backdoor cutter, so we just started hammering it. I mean, that's that's some confidence right there. And you hope that this dude right here, uh, with the one swing in the seventh inning, a solo home run, gets a little more confidence. And, and we have yet to see the better part of this dude, Hunter Renfro, after the game. Hunter, you came over. You said finally got that first home run of the season. First home run as a Brewer came here at home. You knew you got all of that one. But in that at-bat, back-to-back sliders, were you sitting on that second one? No, I was kind of sitting on fastball the second pitch, and he threw a slider. So I kind of sold out the fastball. Uh, he was throwing hard. So I uh, was able to get a good slider over the plate the second time and was able to get a good swing on it. You had a five-game hitting streak going into last night. You said you felt like you were close, so it felt good to connect on that one? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the other balls were hit harder than that one, so uh, came not much, but do better aim, so it's good. You've had good career numbers here, but now that you're in the home uniform, the oppo power over there, you like hitting over to left? Oh, for sure. And that's, that's my spot over there, left field, so I told you the other day that most of my home runs come to left field, not right field, so... Keep pulling the ball, keeping the ball in the air, keep grinding out at bats. Well, you didn't need the glove tonight. Zero fly ball outs with Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. What did you see from those guys as they were on the mound tonight? <laughs> they did a fantastic job. I think I told Corbin before the game, punch out 27. It'd be a lot of help for me. Uh, he did a great great job out there. The guys out there behind him backed him up. Devin did a fantastic job, and, and uh, Hader came in and closed the door. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Craig Council's workday is done. He's from here, and he lives here. <laughs> Time for Craig's Ride Home. His radio just might be on 1250 AM, The Fan. Do you feel the need to let him know what's on your mind? I know we do. Okay, so Craig's day at the office is done. He's in his car on his ride home. And I just want to say, Craig, you're, you're pretty lucky. In games like this, it's just set and forget. That's, that's what you did tonight. When you got Burns, Williams, and, and Hayter doing that, I hope you, uh, I hope you really are enjoying a, a sidelined view of uh, a game like this, man, and just pinch yourself and enjoy it because this was, this was dynamite. This was, and you know what? The... I don't even care if it was the Pirates. I really don't care. So I hope you're really uh, seizing the appreciation of a game like this. And I I would think you are being a longtime baseball dude. So that's all I had to say to you, Craig, on your ride home. Well, Craig, I just wanted to say congratulations on the win. Congratulations on multiple wins in a row here. Very nice to see. That's three in a row. That's, I mean... Two in a row is a win streak, 3-0, and and you've got some fire going. Uh, I want to say I'm actually really impressed that you sent Corbin out for the seventh. I thought, because he was at like 80, like high 80 pitches after six, and I thought there's no way. We're in and April. I was surprised he faced that last hitter. I thought he was going to pull him after six and two-thirds. Right, because he was over 100 pitches at that yep. point, too. Yep. To let him go, I think that shows the confidence that Craig has in him. And, Craig, you can trust your starting pitchers for the first time. I know you could last year, but, I mean, imagine this starting rotation with the 2011 team or the 2018 team. We, that would be the best team maybe of all time. So I really take in what you're seeing right now, yeah. Craig, and stay with it. Stay with your guys like you did with Devin Williams in that eighth inning. Stay with your guy. 
you're going to get your results. No doubt. As the Brewers get the 5-2 victory, they go after the sweep, as I said. Brandon Woodruff on the hill to make his third start of the campaign. And, boy, you talk about a guy that's due for a dynamite outing. I think tomorrow might be it for Woody against his pirate team, but the offense needs to do their fair share. Pitching matchups for Game 3. The Pirates will send out right-hander Mitch Keller, 0-2 with a 9.39 ERA. Hasn't made it past the fourth inning in his two starts this year. Gave up four runs in each of them. So it's time for the Brewers to jump on him early. And like you mentioned, Woody out there for the crew. One and one with a 7.27 ERA. He bounced back against the Cardinals, but his pitch count still got high early. Uh, five innings of shutout ball his last time out. Can he do better against a weaker Pittsburgh lineup? We really hope so. And speaking of which, uh, you know, you mentioned pitch counts getting high. Tomorrow is 420, by the way. I'm just mention, make, making mention of that. Happy holidays. Yeah, I, I'm going to, uh, in, in honor of that holiday, I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. It's just, uh, you know, my health and medical stuff. I need a little bit of a breather here. Uh, 11, uh, 11 straight days of work. Uh, I'm very grateful for that as I recover. And, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't be happier to get through uh, 11 of these. And, and it's, been, it's been the best medicine I've had in four months. Trust me on that one. Rami's going to be talking some Brewers baseball uh, tomorrow afternoon with you guys after the last pitch as you make the switch. First pitch being at 1240, and it's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. You guys have a great night. I'll talk to you again Friday night after game one in Philadelphia. Enjoy tomorrow's uh, game and then the off day on Thursday. You got the Bucks in action tomorrow as well, so a big sports day in the uh, city of Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin. Have a great night for Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen, and uh, as always, we'll end the show with Smile Milwaukee. The world will smile back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.